the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Gomer Pyle, who <laughs> I shouldn't know that, but I grew up overseas and there was a lot of American television that was in reruns. He would always say, Jim Neighbors, surprise, surprise, surprise. Well, the Fed did it yesterday. They surprised us. Pleasantly so. A dovish pivot. Inflation is dead. Long live. No, don't long live inflation. And inflation is not dead. It is moving lower. And some tricky components, if you look at inflation minus rental costs, inflation's at 2%. It's where they want the, it to be, and we're starting to see rents in Manhattan come down. So sometime in the next nine months, we should hit that 2% level, maybe even lower. The Fed admitted it. They did not raise rates. They said there's a likelihood that we may have to raise rates, but there's also a likelihood that we can lower rates in 2024 three times. Some people want five. The reality is it may be one of those, maybe neither of those. But when the Fed on a government side says three, I'm not saying expect three, but let's just say it was a surprise that a couple months ago, the Fed wasn't even talking about cutting interest rates. Now they're talking about it. Saying that that 3.1% reading on CPI was good enough for them to say, if rents continue to go lower, we're at our 2% level. I'm putting some words in their mouth there, but that's pretty much so the gist of it. The treasury market. Oh, boy, the treasury market. Oh, boy, the treasury market. Uh, what a rally we had yesterday. What a rally we're having today. The 10-year treasury sits at 3.93%. Um, it was at 5% six weeks ago. That drop is unprecedented, and it says stock, 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 stocks. Your chance for fixed income, not over, but it's fading fast, which sucks because it was kind of nice getting some interest on our, our savings accounts, our CDs, on our money market accounts. So locking in one, two, three, five-year treasuries and bonds. A lot of people did. A lot of people made the right decision at 5% because the Fed was probably one, one rate hike away from being done. And now they're saying, nope, we're done. It's a big pivot. Markets went crazy. They went crazy yesterday. Dow hit an all-time high. It's nice to see. It's nothing to get excited by. The world markets are rallying today. These are all, I think, kind of positive things. Stocks gain. Investors continue to celebrate that uh, dovish Fed. It's an everything rally. Fed signal there could be multiple interest rate cuts in 2024. Who thought it would have been this fast? Who, who, who? 
I know you're saying, what's wrong with you? There's so much wrong with me. Um, let's move forward. I would say um, we've pivoted to neutral and the next move is lower on interest rates. Those are two things that could drive stock market higher. We don't want it all done in one day. And if it's all done in one day, it's, it's a pull forward and that's not a great thing. What could drive the market higher after the Fed starts cutting interest rates is productivity gains, hopefully from artificial intelligence. The enterprise adaptation. Nope. Adoption. The enterprise adoption is high for Microsoft. Companies don't mind spending an extra 20 to $30 a month to put AI on your desktop. If you get more productivity, like we did in the 1990s when they put email on your desktop, that could drive another leg of the market. It doesn't always work out that smoothly. Stay with me. Total retail sales increased three-tenths of a percent month over month in November, while retail sales, excluding autos, increased two-tenths of a percent. Key takeaway is that we're spending money. Our employment looks good, like the Fed Reserve said. Somehow they've managed to aggressively raise interest rates from essentially zero to five and a quarter percent. We are slowing but not enough to point that we're definitively saying recession anymore. Maybe there was a rolling recession, right? Rebound in sales in October reflects the ongoing propensity of consumers to spend on goods. We have too much credit card debt. I don't like it. Initial jobless claims for the week ending December 9th decreased by 19,000, 202,000. Key takeaway there is that initial jobless claims, which is a leading indicator, is a long way from being associated with a recession. I don't know if we retrench. I don't know if we go higher. Short-term, Magic 8-Ball says ask again later. But it was certainly a surprise for December with the Federal Reserve. Pleasant. Um, it's the pivot that we It's the neutral call that we wanted. Now, it doesn't mean we come down a lot in 2024. They're saying three basis cuts. Of 25 basis points, so 75 basis points. Market's predicting 75 uh, to 125 total. 17%. What number is that? That's the number of American teenagers aged 13 to 17 who report being on TikTok almost constantly. 17%. Almost one in five. Moderna and Merck today said a vaccine with Keytruda and a personalized approach for Moderna on your genetics is cutting the risk of deadly skin cancer returning in half. Woo! Go hang out in the sun. Not quite, but that's the right idea. I like seeing breakthroughs. Moderna's well off its pandemic high. You might remember them as an mRNA vaccine player. Dentists love nerds. Nerds candy? Wonka would love nerds. Nerds retail sales have skyrocketed from $50 million in 2019 to $500 million now. There's a new Drio's liqueur. It's more than just a cheesy gimmick. It's not a gin. It's not a rum. It's not a whiskey. It's more of a malt. It is a $65 bottle of alcohol that is close to half, uh, double the price of some premium vodkas. Chefs love cooking with fun candy-like flavors. So is this going to be a big hit? No, it's limited edition. 
But it really shows you how well some companies like PepsiCo, who owns Doritos, really thinks about how kids love flavors. Kids being bigger consumers than adults. Adults being people 35 and over, kids being 21 to 35 in my book. Big winners from the Fed rate cut or a potential Fed rate cut. Savings accounts are losers or neutral. You'll be able to save less, get yet less of a yield in your savings. Mortgages are big winners. They've dropped from 8% to 7%. They should drop to 6% over the next 12 to 15 months, maybe a little bit lower. Big winner stocks. Lower rates are beneficial for stocks, making them look more attractive in comparison to rates on bonds and fixed income. Big winner from potential red cuts. Borrowers, if you borrow on credit cards, student loans, personal loans, auto loans, should come in at a lower rate. And the last big winner is the federal government with a national debt of over $34 trillion. A pause in rising interest rates should take some pressure off the borrowing costs for the federal government. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. A couple of loose ends out there for you today. Samsung and ASM, ASM lithography, ASML. They're going to develop a chip plant in South Korea. The two tech giants agreed to invest one trillion won or $760 million dollars to build an advanced chip plant in South Korea. Um, it's kind of a semiconductor alliance. It's the story there in my mind. Elsewhere, the United States FTC, the Fair Trade Commission, they said they've put new rules into place that would bar auto dealers from luring vehicle buyers that promises are not meant to be kept. They can't tell you, oh, this car is only $300 a month and then add extra fees into it. They need to advertise and sales need to line up correctly. It's going to bar the sale of add-on products or services that don't benefit consumers as well. The car buying experience has kind of been one to slowly change. Tesla's changed it for sure. There's not a lot of negotiation at Tesla. There's not a lot of paint underbody stuff in, in um. That, 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 that kind of stuff needs to go away. That's so 19th century, it looks like, or early 20th century, mid 20th century. It's not 21st century the way we're buying cars today. Google has unveiled a family of healthcare-focused generative AI models. The company believes there's an opportunity to offload more healthcare tasks to generative AI models, or at least an opportunity to recruit those models to aid healthcare workers in completing their tasks. Um... The healthcare industry needs AI. Have you ever been to your doctors and you wait 15 minutes and then they let you into a room and you sit by yourself for 10 minutes. And the doctor comes in and gives you five minutes. He takes some notes. He has to go back in somewhere how those notes get turned into actions. That's a lot of what AI can do. A lot of productivity gains to come in the next year, two years. We've introduced AI. Now it's time to develop the apps for AI. Um, I said this yesterday, and this is kind of a big winner from the lower interest rates in the United States. It's developing nations. They spent a record amount on public debt service, i.e. interest, not adding towards their defense spending, not adding towards their education spending, not adding towards their healthcare spending as, as far as third world countries go or developing countries that they're now called. It's crazy how higher interest rates cripple corporations and uh, cripple governments. And I guess the individuals as well. 
The European Union announced that they put a cap on so-called cross-border interchange fees, which retailers pay when customers in the UK buy from the European trading bloc. Cap was previously applied to the UK before Brexit, but MasterCard and Visa have significantly raised the fees uh, to retailers since Britain left. Now they're back in place. Visa and MasterCard are hitting 52-week highs. Um, I own Visa. Um, it's one of those companies that I like to buy every time it's down 10 to 20%. I keep it that kind of stupid. Um, the S&P 500's up 10. That's one quarter of 1%. The Dow's up um, 64. That's one fifth of a percent. The NASDAQ is up 17. That's up one tenth of a percent. What's interesting about all of those three major markets is that they all started higher and have grinded a little bit lower. And they all look like they may be going to break even or to a loss. Could the market rally that the Fed unlocked yesterday be over? Well, I think there's going to be some. Let's let's think about this before we just send everything higher. Of note, the Russell 2000 was up 2.5% today. It was up 3% yesterday. Quickly, the Russell 2000 is putting in a good year. We've talked about the small caps, mid caps, and international stocks needing to play a little bit of catch up to the Magnificent 7 and the S&P 500. We're getting it. We've got it for the last six weeks, and we got it for the last two days. Um, yesterday, I looked at my 401k, and my 401k was a percentage that was up 2.5% for the day. Whereas my Magnificent 7 stocks were up fractions of that. It's worthy of note. You kind of want all these assets to be in a horse race. Horse number one, it's the S&P 500. Horse number two, it's the Dow Jones Industrial 30. Horse number three, it's the NASDAQ. Horse number four, it's Russell 2000, the Russell 6000. Or the S&P 6000. 600, excuse me. The Russell uh, 3000, the Wilshire 5000. Real estate, it'd be horse number 10. Over time, these horses are going to be pulling ahead. They're going to be falling behind, but you want them all to cross the finish line called your retirement. Crude oil is moving higher today. That's interesting to note. Got an email from a man yesterday who's disappointed that he owns Chevron Texaco. I'm like, you don't own Chevron Texaco because they're coming out with new oil. You own Chevron Texaco because they, they, they got oil. They have a nice 4.5% dividend yield. You don't own it for growth. You own it for income. And he, Hopefully, he gets the message on that. Ten-year treasury sits at 3.9%. Under 4% is a little of a problem. Now, keep in mind, six weeks ago, we were at 5%, and that slowed the stock market. That was doing the work for the Federal Reserve. They didn't have to raise interest rates anymore because the interest rates were rising on their own. Now, it's the opposite. Money's getting cheaper faster. Mortgages in the last couple of weeks have gone from 8% to 7%. Over the next 12 to 15 months, they should go to 6%, which brings up a fantastic argument. By the Fed saying they're going to cut interest rates three times in 2024, I'm going to wait till they cut to get my new mortgage on a new property that I buy. That's the idea, right? If I wait, that means economic activity grinds to a halt. He's waiting. So the economy could get worse before it gets better. Interesting, right? You with me or you against me? Because this is a civil war and you need to pick a side. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Youth sports is a 
multi-billion dollar business. The market captures $37.5 billion globally for youth sports. 60 million kids play worldwide. The NFL makes $12 billion in 2022 versus youth sports $37.5 billion. NFL $12 billion. That is a difference of $25 billion. Parents cough up $30 billion to $40 billion annually for youth sports. The average parent shells out $883 a year for one child's sports. Um, there's new companies like Mojo. Mojo is teaming up with another company to um, Team Snap to videotape games so that you can have your parents and your grandparents stream the games. Cool things happening in youth sports money-wise. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I always will. I pledge that if you listen, I'm going to do my best to get you not excited about investing, but see the opportunities of investing so that you can lead to a nicer retirement from age 60 to 100. I'm a wealth accumulator. CFPs are wealth managers. CFP Chad Burton comes on the show all the time and talks about the importance of wealth management, whether it be estate planning, whether it be tax efficiency, whether it be tax planning for the next five years. If you can cut your tax bracket by two to 3% for the next five years, do you know how much money you've just saved? Crazy. That's why you hire a CFP because they can do strategies that you can't. A, because they have better software than you, and B, they have specific training towards it. Biggest mistake I see wealthy people make is trying to do it themselves. Every single time I see them underperform, Charles Schwab released a a poll, a survey, that showed if you use a CFP while in retirement years, you double your net worth. Wow. Markets, again, are dealing with day deal of the Federal Reserve cutting interest rates. No, 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 no. They didn't cut interest rates. Wait, way too early to say that. They could stay higher longer. But now we know sometime in spring or summer, they're planning to cut three times in 2024. If inflation stays subdued. And again, if you look at an inflation gauge that strips out housing and rents, it's at 2% and housing and rents are falling now. Um, now, again, that's a tricky one because it's all about location, 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 but it's also um, about how long it takes the rent part of inflation to come lower due to the fact that you tend to sign leases for a year. The median rent in Manhattan fell 2% in November to 4000 from $4,095. The drop, while slight, marks the first year-over-year decline in median prices in 27 months. Tight supply. Strong demand pushed rents to record highs over the summer. Manhattan rents falling for the first time in two years. Now, again, that's not every city. It's not everything, but it feels right. It feels like, yeah, the housing market got caught up in over heated inflation and now it's starting to cool demand is fading fast so says new york brokers the decline has been sudden the number of apartments offering concessions increased to 14 percent in november from 12 percent in october number of renters looking for apartments cooled quickly in september um you could see properties flip in a month 
now it's taking a little bit longer than that for Manhattan rents and to fill their apartments. Again, it's not the end all be all statistic of the day. Um, but the Fed is signal talks about cooling. They pivoted from anticipation, maybe a little bit too early, maybe a little bit too early to nope, they just said it. We had a big run up in October. And the markets looked at, well, the Fed hasn't, they're not done yet. And yesterday the markets exploded higher. It was a fun day to watch. Again, my 401k, which has most of my Russell 2000, most of my international stocks, most of my small cap, mid cap, and international. My stock portfolio doesn't. It's got a lot of tech names and it's got a lot of staples uh, like a McDonald's and things like that in it. Um, what's important to note, I should say Visa. Um, I don't actually own McDonald's at this point in time other than through S&P 500s. Um, I've got a lot of tech stocks in some non-tech stocks. But what I'm trying to say is my 401k, because it has small cap, mid cap, and international, it thumped my stock portfolio yesterday. I like seeing that. I like seeing the breadth widen out. Today, that's exactly what's happening as well, even though Apple's hit an all-time high. Okay. Um, let's see. Powell said yesterday that why is spending in a slump? He said maybe people spot too much stuff and they have nowhere to store it. Revenge travel was so 2022. Treadmills, big TVs, and home goods are out right now. But that doesn't necessarily mean the economy's in bad shape. We're fully, not fully employed. I'm not using those words. Those are someone else's words. But unemployment's not a problem in the United States. We've hit peak savings rates, in my belief. So if you're in a money market, a CD or a bond, if you could lock in, that's a great thing to do. I think next year at this time when inflation is around 2% or lower, you're going to say, wow, I'm getting 4 to 5% when inflation's at 2% or less and I'm beating inflation. Woo-hoo! Good to be a saver. Double lines, Jeffrey Gunlack, smart guy. He's one of those guys when he's on CNBC, I stop, I watch, I listen. He said yesterday the 10-year Treasury yield will continue to fall to the 3% range next year, which means 5% mortgage rates, roughly. He thinks we're still going to have bonds rallying. He would guess that we see the 10-year Treasury yield in the low three sometimes next year. The benchmark hit 4% yesterday. It's at 3.9% today. Everything seems to happen quick. There's something about if you break below that four on the 10-year, you think it sounds like almost a fire alarm going off relative to the economy. So the negative here is the economy is slowing. And that's why the Fed feels comfortable saying, you know, inflation should continue to come under control. And in fact, it's kind of interesting. Maybe the Fed was right. Maybe inflation was transitory. But instead of on a one-year basis, it was on a two- to three-year basis. A lot of what the Fed said yesterday was inflation was caused by supply chains getting way out of whack due to COVID, whether it was in China, whether it was in international shipping, whether it was in the United States. Factories shutting down, not making toilet paper. Healthcare concerns at meat and poultry um, manufacturing centers. Maybe he was right. Maybe it was a little more transitory. And we, we gave him flack for being wrong on the short term when inflation went from 2% to 9%. Now that inflation has gone from 9% to 
do we say, hey, you did a pretty damn good job, man of the year. Take it away from Taylor. In a bit of sad news. Um, I guess it's not sad. It's just, again, it is what it is. Ted Leones is the owner of the NBA's Wizards and NHL Washington Capitals is saying, I'm moving out of Washington, D.C. I'm moving into Alexandria, Virginia. This is big news because Washington, D.C. is struggling post-COVID. It's a city where a lot of people don't live in it, but come to work in it. So when you lose your MCI Center, which I guess is the old name, I'm trying to think of what the new name is. Um, it's a loss for the city. The Capitals and... Uh, the Wizards, they they built in Chinatown in Washington, D.C. 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Beautiful facility. Um, and now they're saying we're moving to the suburbs. We're moving into Virginia because that's where more corporate sponsors are. Leonsis, who's the owner of the Capitals and Wizards, plan for Virginia places him amongst other billionaire franchise owners who want to move these big, massive entertainment complexes that have nightlife and entertainment, sometimes for uh, casinos. They want to move them to more rural areas. It's interesting because that's exactly what happened with the Washington Redskins and a lot of sports franchises. They start out in the city, then they move way out of the city, and later on they move back to the city, and later on they move back out of the city, depending on demographics of younger people and where they want to live. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban is trying to build a new arena in the middle of a resort and casino. After he struck a deal to sell a majority stake in the team to casino mogul Miriam Adelson, Steve Cohen, along with Hard Rock International, proposed an $8 billion entertainment complex and casino to be built next to City Field. You see where it's all going, right? Young people and throwing their money away. Whether it's shopping, drinking, partying, gambling, sports. Keeping it all on one campus makes it very attractive. For losing your money. Ultimately, <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's take a quick look at markets. Um, I don't expect this blitz to equal every single day the market goes higher. I expect the market to be higher 12 to 15 months from now. I expect that trend to continue because the Fed, if they're right, cut interest rates three times in the next 12 months. That should be a catalyst to get us a leg higher. Then if they cut two more times in 2025, that should be a catalyst to keep us higher, maybe a little bit higher. Then if productivity numbers start getting better because of AI intelligence being deployed on the enterprise level from companies like Microsoft and Google, if you're doing your work more efficiently, corporations make more money. More money equals more earnings. More earnings equals more economic power of driving the economy. And that all equals higher stock prices. Now, again, way ahead of ourselves. And some stocks are way overvalued today. It's worthy of note that some of the big boys are underperforming. Adobe's down 5% today off pretty bad earnings. Not bad. It's not great. Microsoft's down 2%, down 7 bucks. Amazon's down one half a percent. So then it's not all winners. Target, Caterpillar, NVIDIA, all winners. Caterpillar's up almost 5%. Target's up almost 2%. Disney up one and a half percent. So it's the non mega cap stock names, except from Apple. Apple's up 28 cents, up one tenth of a percent, but an all time record closing high as of now. A little bit of heat coming out of the market, 
but still quite a rally yesterday. And the Russell 2000 is doing their job today up 2.75%. There are winners, even if we have a sideways day. It's good to see. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Let's do a recap, Ola. There's some carryover upside momentum after the Fed's dovish pivot yesterday. We talked about it happening. We we knew it was in cards. We didn't know when. It feels early, but we talked about it. The show's dedicated to getting you to retirement by using my 25 plus years of experience and just constant educating myself on this stuff and doing research for you. There's some relative weakness in mega cap stocks today weighing on index gains, but that's okay. They've had their great year. The NASDAQ's A-OK. The S&P 500's had a great year. The Russell 3000 growth index is up, especially on the value side instead of the growth side. I prefer companies that are earning money versus companies that are losing money. I've made one exception in all of my portfolio. So maybe 15 companies earning money, one losing money. But the EBITDA numbers are growing at over 150% year over year on the one that's losing money. So they're about to make money. Real estate sector is doing well today. Obviously, uh, we'll benefit from lower mortgage costs in the next 12 to 15 months, but it may be nine to 15 months before that actually happens. We've gone from 8% to 7%. Ten-year treasury cracks under 4% today, so we should go to 6% on that alone, but it's the Fed Interest rates, will the 10-year will probably creep back higher until the Fed does cut interest rates. But uh, it's predicting things are going to get tougher than they should be when the 10-year is under 4%. Energy's up 2.3% today with rising oil prices. Yesterday, I got an email from a man who asked me about Chevron Texaco, and I said, the only way I would own Chevron Texaco is for income. It's perfect. It's more than perfect. It's like the line that every... Teenage boy wants to say to a teenage girl when they fall in love, you are perfect. No, you are more than perfect. In fact, you are perfect for me. Chevron's an income play. It's not a growth play. And today we're seeing that with um, what's happening in sectors. Communication and staples are down one half of 1% today as far as sectors go. Strong buying activity in the broader market, especially small caps. Another drop in treasury yields provided support for stocks. 10-year treasury below 4%. Winner's day real estate materials, energy, consumer discretionary, financials, banks. Love to see the banks come along. Weakness today in healthcare, communications, IT, and consumer staples. Mortgage rates are expected to fall in 2024, but affordability will remain a concern. I saw a big jump in... Estimated value of my home yesterday, which I think is ridiculous. It was too big of a jump. Now, again, for the last 12 to 15 months, it's been grinding lower. But it got back a lot of that grind in one month of comp data. I don't like seeing homes be out of reach for the average person. The Fed held rates steady yesterday, indicating three cuts in 2024. The IEA... 
the International Energy Agency. I wonder if you get a badge when you work for the IEA. Like you get a cool badge with the CIA and the FBI. As I've gotten older, I want badges. Elvis wants boats, boats, boats. I want badges. The IEA said evidence of a softening global oil demand is mounting and the slowdown is expected to continue in 2024. So yeah, lower rates means slower economy. You don't get lower rates because things are great. You get lower rates because inflation is being put under control. Inflation is being put under control as consumers have overspent and overbought. The IEA said the oil sentiment has turned decidedly bearish in recent weeks, even after some members of OPEC on November 30th announced a new round of voluntary production cuts. Oil at $60 a barrel, I think you can buy oil stocks. This is a very generic saying. It is not meant to be investment advice, but oil at 60 their stocks look better. Oil at 150 you're buying your time because it's going to go back down to 60 at some point. Sweet spot for me is for oil is somewhere between 60 and 85. After that, it starts to become inflationary. And when it becomes inflationary, we go, you know what? I'm not going to go to grandmother's house for Christmas over the hills and through the woods. California is going to have a big shortfall for their roads in the coming years as gas tax revenue is going to drop by $6 billion. The gas tax basically funds the repairs in the roads. When you buy an electric vehicle, zero emission vehicle, they do get you one time when you register the vehicle to help pay for roads. But the state's going to see a $4.4 billion drop in funding, a 31% decline over the next decade. One thing a good economy has to have is good roads. So expect California to come up with a way to tax. Maybe it'll be the rich. Maybe it'll be smokers. Maybe it'll be soda drinkers. Maybe it'll be $100,000 electric vehicles. They will figure out a way to, to make up that shortfall, or they'll cut the budget for improving the roads, and people will be better. In fact, Govern, Governor Gavin Newsom's finance department said yesterday that they're projecting a $68 billion budget deficit next year. They did really well during the pandemic because people bought homes, and they drove less. They didn't have to like fix roads. Retail sales rose three-tenths of percent in November versus expectations of a decline. The economy is doing well. The Fed managed to get through 0 to 5.25% interest rates without seeing a lot of job losses as of yet, where there have been job losses like technology. In particular, I'm looking at you, Meta. There's, there's been massive stock rallies. His labor is the biggest cost of doing business. Anyhow, and anyway, thanks for listening to the show. If you need a referral to a CFP or if you want a complimentary portfolio review, i.e. a financial checkup, drop me an email and I'll tell you how to do it. It's going to be a little bit of a process of trading emails back and forth. But if you're 55 plus, 500,000 cruising towards retirement, you should really feel comfortable about where you are. Um, and think about seeing what a financial planner sees wrong with your portfolio. I get this done for you for free. Complimentary portfolio review, financial checklist. Drive me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Find out more at robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Three. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.